Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, 
nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, Hello everyone, welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was one of my tracks, Letting Go from Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation Album. So if you want to go deeper and take a dive into that experience, feel free to go into Amazon or iTunes. I hope today finds you in a good spirit. Each day we're actually either feeling like we're going back or moving forward. But I'd like to give you a sign of hope that everything that we go through is forward movement even if it feels like we're going backwards. To me, going backwards is to help us to check things that we might have missed. Uh, Going forward is to celebrate the fact that we found the things that we thought we missed, (laughs) or we're actually taking some of our gifts with us on the journey. But for whatever it's worth, you know, just be gentle on yourself. Take it one day at a time. We're in a particular age in which everywhere we go across the globe, there is such an intensity of vibrations and Many times when I speak to friends and when we travel outside of Washington in particular and we fly back in, the moment the plane lands at one of the three airports that we have at services, we can feel the intensity of the energy here. So for all of you Washingtonians that are tuning in, please be aware that we've got to amplify our shield of protection. And you can find a variety of ways of doing that. For one, for me, it's music. I love music. I play it all the time. Even when um, I'm in the office and doing work, I've got maybe something in the background that just keeps motivating me and inspiring me. And to actually find music that could minister to you, 
that's also quite powerful, which is why I love playlists. So today my next guest is um, an interesting couple that I met when I attended the Unity Earth event in New York City. I can't believe that was a few months ago. Things are moving so fast that I'm not even able to remember dates or times anymore. But I was in New York City for the Unity Earth, and we had the wonderful Ben Baller on previously. So if you'd like to take a re-listen to that show, please go to Ben Baller and Sister Jenna, or just go on Spotify or Apple, or even here on Blog Talk. And Pato and Antoinette were this couple that when you watched them at the side of your eye, you saw two people who have found their call. Like they were in this relationship for all the right reasons and that they were real people. And that's what I loved about observing them from a distance and had a chance to say hello a few times. So our next guest is Pato Banton and Antoinette Roots Data. I love that. They're recognized globally, not only as Grammy-nominated international recording artists, but also as dynamic frontline advocates of the Urantia Revelation, serving as ministers to all through their global outreach ministry and for their interfaith work with many established organizations. Now, during their music tours, they also share the good news through their inspired songs at concerts, schools, spiritual centers, and so on. But they've made memorable presentations of the Urantia Books teachings at the Harvard's Divinity School and the United Nations Chapel in New York, to name a few. They've also received many accolades and awards for their music and music ministry, most recently being presented with the prestigious Unity Earth Keepers of the Flame Award. They were also appointed as Goodwill Ambassadors of the Golden Rule by our friend Ambassador Musi of the United Religions Initiative, Africa, and they were selected as members of the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, which I'm so sad I'm going to miss not seeing them this month, but I'm sure next time. They're now based in Southern California, and they continue to record, and they continue to tour the world, conveying a positive and spiritual message. It's my privilege to welcome Pato Banton and Antoinette Rutsdata. Hi, welcome guys. Greetings. Greetings. How are you doing, sister? <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys woke up for me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Nice. Yes, it's wonderful. You know, Pato and Antoinette, I left Kingston, Jamaica when I was about four years old, and I've been living in the States for 50 years now. And when I saw the both of you, it just brought back memories that were so vague. <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed going back when I was like 12 or 13 or just going back for uh-huh. summer vacations. It's such a rich culture, isn't it? <laughs> very rich culture, very rich. I didn't even know that's where you were from. Yeah, from Kingston, so is my mother. Very nice. Yeah, so now very me nice. and you and Antoinette can become buddies by lieu of that's country right. affiliation. <laughs> uh-huh. Pato and Antoinette, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, but in particularly, what actually inspired your interest in music? For me, I was actually born in London, in Brixton, and my mother moved to a city called Birmingham, um, which is two hours north of London. And when she moved to Birmingham, she met my stepdad, who was from Kingston, Jamaica. And he was a DJ um, from Mm. Kingston, Jamaica. And our house 
became the community night spot for the Caribbean community. And um, it was it was a pretty rough time. I was about eight at that time, um, which was about 1969. And there was a lot of racial tension and not a lot of opportunities for people of color in the UK. Right. So our house provided a place of refuge and community for a very segregated um, environment. And mm. the Caribbean community would come together and also white people who were friendly to the Caribbean community and enjoy Caribbean music would come and join us too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, re- it was a really nice scene. And at the age of eight, I was a security guard for my stepdad and I used wow. to open and close the, close the door to make sure that the police wasn't going to come and try and stop us because they were very hostile to us. Right. And, um, right. and so I grew up around his sound system. And, you know, as I grew up listening to the music from the Caribbean, from mento to blue beat to ska, and then when it evolved into reggae, that's when I said, I want to be a part of this music. I want to become an artist, and I want to understand what they're talking about when they talk about Ja and one love, you know. And it started my spiritual journey by the time I was about 14 um, yeah. or 15. I, I started my quest to learn mm. about spiritual truth and my history, you know. Can I tell you that I think that also happened to me because I remembered when I used to hear songs by Bob Pato like Soja Se and I and I yes. the Roots and these things. Yes. There was something about the words, you know, forget when you heard war and all of that. It was yes. it started to open up your thinking and you started yes. to sit with your friends and, and you know, when you were sitting, drinking, whatever and, and doing your thing, you would have these conversations because these music, these songs were playing in the background and they were soul awakening. Uh, Antoinette, mm-hmm. was it a little bit similar for you too? Yeah, actually, when I started playing, I was classically trained when I was young, but I realized mm-hmm. that I was never going to be one of those child prodigies as a musician. So, um, Pop music in the 80s was what I started to get into. But once I discovered reggae music, I said this is the music that was really going to change, you know, humanity and change the world because I was so moved by the lyrics and the spirituality of it that I decided to, that reggae music was going to be the music that I was going to focus on, not so much of all the other styles and genres of music because I felt there was something deeper that was being said within the music, and I can feel the strong connection with it. Now, what seems to be your strong, why do you think um, the connection that you have with, like, reggae and roots, is that like an old soul calling, and where are you from originally? Good question. I'm actually, I was born in Taiwan. My mother is Taiwanese Mm. and my father is black American. So when Mm -hmm. I was stationed in Japan, during the 80s, that's where I started playing music. And um, I started playing piano. And I would write music. So writing music, even as a child, that was something that was coming from a different place. The music that I was listening to was just whatever music that was out there on the radio 
and whatever was being influenced by from what you're hearing. The reggae yeah. didn't come until in the 80s as well when I moved to Virginia, and then I was on the East Coast, and then I started, uh, I joined a rock band. I was in a rock band first, and then I was playing in my uncle's Chinese restaurant doing kind of like meditation-type music, just kind of stuff that I just kind of wrote. And then when I met this dreadlocks in Richmond, I got introduced <laughs> to reggae music. And I was like, uh-huh. wow, this is definitely... Definitely very different, you know. And then plus hanging around all the Rastas, you know, they're introducing me to a lot of the ideas, hearing um, the Pulse song, King James Version. I was like, yeah, you know. You (laughs) know, I have to tell you, there is a... What I've been taught (laughs) about the Bible. I'm remembering when me and my girlfriends used to go to Jamaica for summer. I must have been about maybe 14 or 15, and I remembered one time we were in the grill, and one of our best friends, she didn't come home that night. And we were like, what happened to Sarah? What happened to Sarah? We started to worry. And we knew Sarah was really um, um, very broad and she would explore things. So we went mm-hmm. down and we were asking the villagers in, in the grill, have you seen this white-looking girl with curly black hair? Da, 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 da. They go, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. She's mm-hmm. up, she up the mountaintop with Rasta so-and-so. Them grow herb, you know. She must be up there. So we're like, what? Uh-huh. So the whole of us went up there in the grill. And sure enough, there was Sarah with my old wonderful brother there. And his son was only about three or four. And he would be rolling up the splits and smoking. And there was Sarah in heaven. Now, it wasn't uh-huh. about, I didn't even look at it. It wasn't drugs. When you looked at the scene, these were uh-huh. folks who were deeply rooted in the nature. Yes. And they were, uh-huh. like, in alignment mm-hmm. with it. So when I see folks over here doing it from a different perspective, I go, like, you can use this for such a deeper spiritual journey than yeah. just to escape the world, you know. And yeah. I and I continue to be an advocate in spreading the message of why that's important to um, choose to be conscious when you want to become evolved. Um, I want yeah. to talk about some of your advocacy of the – is is the Urantia revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Urantia Revelation, and you've said that you've also found the Urantia book when you called out to God to help you. What were yes. you going through at the time spiritually, and how did this Urantia Revelation and book actually come about or change you? Well, I, um, like I said, you know, from the from the time of about fifteen and hearing reggae music started my spiritual search. And so I I went and studied the world's religions for 15 years. You mm. know, um, I studied various denominations of Christianity, Islam, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, and I found truth in everything that I studied. And yes. I fell in love. I fell in love with every religion I studied. And almost joined every religion I studied, <laughs> you know? Um, and But there was always something that stopped me from joining any of the, the religions. And yeah. so I decided that rather than going through a religious approach to God, that I would go to God directly. Yes, and so I yes. prayed to God and, and told God, you know, I said, God, I've been studying world's religions for 15 years. 
I have a long list of questions that I would love to be answered, but I cannot find the answers for them in any mm-hmm. books written by men because men do not have these answers. Absolutely. And I said, please send me a sign, send me a celestial being, send me something so that I can quench this thirst that I have for more knowledge and more truth. And um, three days later, I flew to Los Angeles to to do some music work, and I met a trombone player named I Timothy, a Rasta, a white Rasta trombone player, um, who I had spoken to on many occasions, and we used to smoke herb together. And he said, Pato, I found a book. And he said, the book blew me away. And mm-hmm. I said, where is it? So he showed it to me. I opened it, and as soon as I opened the Urantia book for the first time, my whole body started to tingle from head to mm. toe, and I felt as though I was levitating. Wow. And I, I looked at the, I looked at the um, table of contents, and as soon as I looked at the table of contents, I saw answers to my questions in the table of contents before I even got into the book. And... Um, by the time I turned to the forward of the book, I was convinced that this book was not from this world. And mm. I've been studying the book for 30 years now. I teach it and I'm still a student. And every question that I had, I had about 15 very heavy questions that I could not find any answers to. I spoke to priests, rabbis, everybody. And um, for every single question I ever had was answered. And then more than I expected was answered. <laughs> could you give and me a little bit of a, could you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of um, like the content in the book very briefly, like for example, in my Raj Yoga teachings, I would say that it basically focuses on the soul and getting rid of the past and moving forward. So in yeah. the Urantia book, what would you say is the main tenant? The main tenant in the Urantia book and the last statement in the Arantia book, is that the great challenge to human beings is to, quiet, is to acquire a better communication with your indwelling spirit. Mm. Um, Amen. And the, the book gives us a history of the universe before our mm-hmm. planet was created. Um, it gives us a history of the evolution of our planet, and it talks about evolution creation through evolution so the creationists the evolutionists and the scientists can all come together because they all have a piece of the big picture it talks about our journey from this planet through the universe and the other planets until we attain paradise or nirvana or whatever people want to call it and it explains to us that there is truth everywhere you know, mm-hmm. you can find truth in every religion, and if you choose a religion, that's okay. But you're yes, to be spiritual in from, it. Yes, just be yes, spiritual. Yes. Don't just be intellectually religious. You know, yeah. don't just belong to a religion because it gives you an ease of life. It's a big but, deal. It's it's a big yeah. deal nowadays, Pato, because I've been participating in a new film that's out called "The Free Trip to Egypt," and it's about Muslim outside of Egypt that's been feeling just a lot of the fear of the religious dogma that is being portrayed in the media. And she, he mm-hmm. eventually found eight people 
to go to Egypt to recognize what the Islamic world is like, what Egyptians are like. And it was interesting because before the eight people went to Egypt, they had stereotype um, ideas like they were going to be beheaded, uh, they might not come back, this, 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 the most horrible things because of religious fundamentalism. And I mm -hmm. sometimes question so much, like what happens to the soul at a soul level? that we could actually feel to hate somebody for their gender preference or their religion, their religion or their nationality or their language or for the color of their skin, to hate them and say in your wiring they're less than, they're animals, they don't deserve to be loved like anyone else. I always am still mm -hmm. so curious as to, you know, how the depths of that ignorance got so filled in that person's personality. And what I'll be curious to find out is from Antoinette, because sometimes, <clears throat> sorry, when you meet folks in relationships, it's not that you always see eye to eye. Antoinette, was it easy okay. for you to see eye to eye with the movement as well, or it took you time to get into the Urantia experience? Oh, it was immediate. I told Pato, um, I have a background where my parents, my mother was Buddhist and my father was Baptist. And they wanted us to know God and to know religion, so they exposed us to the many religions across. So growing up, I was in the Catholic Church and the Methodist Church at the Buddhist temple, and I was everywhere. And then at, at one point, um, I felt like I couldn't join any of the religions, and I was going to actually mm -hmm. create my own religion, you know, where my own religion was everybody was God's children, there was no hell. There was life on other planets. There's definitely evolution. There's equality with women. All these different things that I was looking for, and I called it Antoinette's religion. And then when I was discovered the Urantia book through Pato, and I started reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm actually not that brilliant after all. Because <laughs> these <laughs> concepts and these teachings were already there. But I guess it was like the spirit of truth was already working within me to sit there and let me know that I was not going to settle for anything less than what my own standards mm -hmm. were as far as my spirituality and my relationship with mm -hmm. God was going to be. So Beautiful. it was an automatic, yeah, it was, it was immediate, automatic. And then from discovering that, I said, this is the highest truth that I found. And also learning that it did uh, encourage and talk about the other religions of the world that um, my mission was to make sure everybody knew about the Urantia teachings. That was at first my first mission, and then I realized before I even get into higher truth, my mission should be like, how can we all just get along, you know, coexist, mm -hmm. because yeah. everybody's mind is so at the bottom right now that we can't even get into any higher truth of anything, you know, that, that we believe is important, because we can't even mm -hmm. get along on a basic level. And I was like, I yeah. think that's going to be the mission for a very long time. You've definitely spiked my curiosity to dig deeper into the study of this. So let's talk about your 50-state tour of the U.S. What is the purpose and how is it doing? Has it started? Yes, we started mm. in January, and we've Lovely. done 26 states already. And uh, wow. the purpose of the tour is really for us to just spread the good news and remind everybody you know, especially in this time of so much division and negativity in America, you know, yeah. um, just to remind everybody that we're, we're one family, we're all God's children, and to stay on your spiritual journey, 
you know, not to put your spiritual path on the back burner because you're so wrapped up with the day-to-day grind of materialism, mm-hmm. you know, and and we also provide counseling for our fans. We also provide, you know, minister service. We marry our fans. We baptize them. We christen their children. <laughs> so we provide <laughs> a lot of services for our fans. And, oh, I love that. And we, we also have an online spiritual ministry. So as we're traveling across America, a lot of our members get a chance to come out and see us and talk to us face to face. So it's beautiful. Just, you know, it's just it's it's just a mess it's just a mission of positivity really, you know. Excellent. We definitely need more. So are you heading to the Washington metro area anytime soon? I think we're gonna be doing that in the summertime, in August time. Okay. You know? But we, right, we well. just finished we just got back from Puerto Rico, um, Oregon. Northern California, Washington, Canada, mm-hmm. Nevada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. New Mexico, Arizona, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee. Yeah. You guys need to get an you guys need to get an R V with your rap on it that says the Patubantan Spiritual Family Tour. <laughs> you know. That would be awesome, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we used to travel in an RV in early, when we started out, mm-hmm. but we've we've we simplified it now because of gas prices. That you know, crazy. we got we got a fifteen passenger van with a trailer at the back, so we're comfortable yeah. at the moment. But you know, Good. we we have been thinking about stepping it up to an RV again in the future because it's just you know the the hotel prices are so expensive now. It's easier, yes, and sometimes you just yeah. want to relax in your vehicle, you know, and. Have a meal and stop by the ocean. Oh, I love that. So. I love that. I keep sending thoughts to Elon Musk to send um, to create a sort of a RV, electronic RV. It'll make life so much easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things I wanted to yeah, I think so too. The, one of the <laughs> things I wanted to say about the Urantia book, just to close that subject, is that mm-hmm. the, we do have. Urantia book readers who belong to every religion on the planet, you know. The book doesn't take away from anybody's spiritual path. Mm-hmm. But what it does what it does promote is spiritual liberty, is that people attain a direct relationship with God and experience that relationship spiritually, not just intellectually, by living service through prayer, meditation, stillness, and service to our brothers mm-hmm. and sisters is how That's we lovely. attain spiritual, spiritual growth. And you said that the author is really of a higher power. This is coming definitely from a higher power. But who, would, who, yes, who put the books together? It's just people who were just aware of the touchings and somebody who could be trusted with the purity of the message that put it on paper? Yes. It was uh, actually, I got it. The, the authors are numerous celestial mm. beings. Mm-hmm. And one of them is actually Melchizedek. Mm. And um, they use what they call a sleeping, what was sleeping, sleeping subject, they call the, the person. And his wife was a part of a spiritual group in Chicago. 
and she came home and he started her husband started speaking to her and she asked the celestial speaking through her husband why are you using my husband he doesn't even attend our spiritual group <laughs> and the celestial said to her your husband has no religious ego i and get that very clearly we could, yes this is why we can use him because he is not concerned about these issues Anybody else would think they were the next messiah or a next guru. But this guy mm. was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. That was like that old group. movie. Remember that old movie yeah. with George Burns called Oh God? Remember that one? Yeah, so he also, yeah. people used to be like, don't go to that big old pastor who is propagating that he knows God and he just found a little girl who just mm -hmm. basically went all over the place and just came up with a, a slogan that just said, Thank God. That was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. It's, such wow. a, it's, it's an oldie but goodie. So you've done a lot of community service, especially helping disadvantaged and at-risk youth, and thank you for doing that. It's really important. Mm -hmm. um, your life is one of giving back. Uh, why is it so important? Well, I actually just read something um, in the Arantia book, and it says, when we feel the impulses to be altruistic and to be of service, these are not coming from our human mind. These are actually coming from the spirit that indwells us. So for me, as a natural man, I would mm -hmm. much rather be relaxing, playing Xbox, having fun, <laughs> partying. But there's this spirit in me that pushes me to do good to others, to be of service, to grow and mature in that service. So I can't yeah. take any credit for anything that I do because I'm probably trying to resist rather than cooperate. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I used to resist. I'm cooperating a lot more now, but I, I have to give all credit to the spirit of God that dwells within me that really right. looks through my eyes and sees the need and feels love and compassion for his children. And I am just a vehicle for that service to be put into action and to become a reality in this world. So, you know, I, I, fully, I am fully aware now that, you know, it is the spirit that yes. prompts us and, yes. and um, gently encourages us and pushes us to be about the work, you know? Antoinette? Well, I always teach Pasta <laughs> that I was like the sidekick who would just kind of observe what he was doing, you know, that mm -hmm. I wasn't, um, I, I didn't feel compelled to, to really want to go out there and, and be of service mind or to be helpful. But when you start hanging around someone who really likes to, do a lot of service, you kind of, like, you kind of end up being a part of it, whether consciously or unconsciously, because you're watching someone doing all this work, it's like, well, you know something, I could help them out a little bit, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I don't have to just stand there, you know, I actually could help out, and then, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm full on in, because he's just the kind of person who's always going to jump at every opportunity to try to serve. The first yes. time when he was speaking at the at-risk at, at youth, and um, I was like, okay, we're going to go and do some good for some bad kids, you know? <laughs> oh. 
no, no, this was in Colorado, Pato. Okay. Yeah, this was in yeah. Colorado. There was a homeless teen shelter and stuff. And when these yes. kids looked at us when we walked in there, they're like, who do you think you are? What are you doing here? I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to be quiet and sit out here in the background. And then um, Pato started to give his story very rough. You know, you know what you're doing, what you're dealing with street kids and stuff. So Pato mm-hmm. started to share his story about his own childhood, which was kind of, you know, rough dealing with, you know, step parents and abuse and things like that. And then the other kids, you know, as he got them in a circle, they start to open up. When they start to open up and share their stories, I was like, wow, this is really amazing. And then I realized the service wasn't really about the service that we were going to do for the kids, but what the service was going to do for us. Because I was able to walk away with something from what these kids had actually shared with us. And um, the last school that we did when we was up in Canada, they said, oh, go and bring joy to these children. I was like, actually, these kids are going to bring joy to me. And I knew it because I felt it when Pato started speaking about the golden rule to the kids. And they all stood up and then they gave their pledge, you know, about how they wanted to, you know, be a part of this universe and treat others how they wanted to be treated and everything else. I said, that little bit and piece Mm -hmm. was just, you know, so much of a gift from these kids to the people in the community and for all of us. And so I started to look at it differently about not really us doing service for others, but the service that people give us by us sharing our, yeah, our shared experiences in it, you know. And more people share their experiences, then the less animosity there would actually be going on around the world. But it's so good that you're partnering with them, and you do play the piano wickedly. I remember something (laughs) came across, I think, on Facebook. You were playing something on the piano, and you just wanted to keep hearing it over and over again. And I think you just sat there and just started to play. I I can't remember, but it was about a month ago, and I went, wow, that girl can really play some music, and I just loved it. Pato, I'm like you. You know, I would have rather be running my nightclubs, running around the place, driving my Mm -hmm. nice luxury cars and acting like I'm cute. But Uh instead, the call comes, and it does disturb your spirit. If you yeah. don't answer that call, even if mm-hmm. you're sitting with your Xbox or you're, you know, on the Riviera yeah. doing your thing, like your spirit still wouldn't feel settled. And this no. is where I really want to, you know, remind everyone who's listening. And if you've just tuned in, we're having a really nice heart-to-heart conversation with extraordinary musicians, Pato Bantan and Antoinette Rootsdata, who... We're really talking about our our music that could be a ministry, and our life is its ministry. And and even though at times we can do it like how everyone else is doing, I think everyone is getting a call, and the question is, do we listen? So we're looking at a particular time right now, Pato and Antoinette, that uh, the, the energy is really charged with an acronym that I use called ALGE, A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. And that Mm -hmm. vibration seems to be influencing that internal energy, the spirit, the soul. Mm -hmm. And without even any second thought, people are just coming from that algae consciousness. So my question Mm -hmm. to both of you, looking at this and knowing that in order for that algae to be melted away from the consciousness, to be forgotten, we need a higher experience. We need to feel something deeper in the spirit. 
are both of you still optimistic that there is a golden age coming where we can live the golden rule, where we can see utopia um, in front of us? Are you still optimistic? And if so, uh, can you please tell us why? I'm very optimistic because the Urantia book speaks about the age of light and life. And then when I listen to my husband speak about it, he always says mankind is still in its infancy. And basically, when when I say infancy, we're not even walking. We're barely crawling on our bellies, <laughs> you know, as far mm-hmm. as our human evolution and spirituality. So even after, you know, thousands of years, and this is all that we've gotten, we still have thousands of years to go still. We have thousands of years, millions of years. But the goal is, is like, if we just, wait and and think that it'll it'll just become automatic it has to be slow growth through evolution just like in god's plan that it has to be a man and womankind choice of free will that this is that we want to choose to sit there and live enlightened life we want to live in the golden age and we can Mm -hmm. start now by just by planting our seeds whatever little seeds that we plant i feel like the work that we do now it's like it's never going to be in vain because somebody else will sit there and pick yes. up these seeds and plant these seeds after we're gone, and then somebody yes. else will pick it up after them, and this will just go on century after century after century, and then thousands of years later or hundreds of years later, they'll look back and sit there and say, there are people who had these ideas and concepts a long time ago. You know, yes. what will be normal for them living in the golden age or the light and life was not necessarily normal in our time. But they'll look back and, like, look at these pioneers who were sitting there willing to sit there. And despite all of the negativity and all of the downcast that's around them, that to sit there and say there's still a shining light and it's still worth the investment for us to do what we have to do during our time on this planet. Beautiful. Pato? I am extremely optimistic based on the fact that there is a plan to bring harmony in humanity. And that plan is in place. And I see it happening. One of the plans is that for mankind to reach a, a place of peace and love, they have to, we have to have one language. And with the internet now, which is a very new thing, social media is only a few years old. We have people around the world speaking to each other in real time, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, 50 years ago, that was unheard of, that you could speak to someone in Australia and India and Russia and England and America and Brazil at the same time, you know? We, We are now communicating in one language, you know? LOL, love is a universal language. Every Chinese people are using it now. One love is a term that's used globally now. You know? Bob Marley's music is a global music now. There's rappers mm-hmm. in every country. Reggae music is in every country being adapted to their culture. Another thing that brings about peace and harmony is the blending of races. And if you look at the planet right now, more and more people are interbreeding. More, the, the planet's becoming brown, you know? There's a lot of concerns yes. by conservatives in America that, you know, um, America is becoming more and more brown. 
but it's that is a part of the plan you know when there's when there's one race there's no racism so the closer exactly. we get to a brown planet is the closer we're going to get to peace and love you know so yes. those, those are just two, two examples but also in our travels around the world there is this desire of increasing numbers of people to be in touch with each other on a spiritual level not just on a how you doing have a great day but they want to know how are you doing spiritually how how is your spiritual journey can we have a prayer circle together can we meditate together there's this mm-hmm. desire for people of of to to share their spiritual journey with each other and and to go yeah. deeper than just the surface you know we we've 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 been going through the material age for a long time everybody's got their cell phones everybody can acquire their cars now all of these material things are not new anymore we we've got the computers now what's next and what it has to be a spiritual call it has mm-hmm. to be it has yeah. to be something yeah. that can actually quench your thirst and make you feel loved while you are also loving Yes, yes. And I can see why it had to become so charged, so dark. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if, you know, yes. we're we're alive and we're walking around but the room is dark and there's fear, so you look for the light and it feels like yes. that time period that we really are looking for the light. And it's ironic. You all have traveled around the world and you've seen countries that don't have as much as America and the sparkle mm-hmm. in the eyes of the children can light up yes. can light up the whole world. And you come back here, and kids with everything are looking like they don't even want to be alive. And so they're yeah. Don't you see it, Antoinette? (laughs) And I see it all the time. (laughs) And I just wish that I could just grab the kids here and take them around the world that I have. I've been to 93 countries now, and I just wish I could just take all of them and just go. Let me show you how fortunate you are. Just let me show you. And um, I, I continue to marvel at the fact that, you know, we're still struggling with being able to awaken our kids. Um, we're coming to a close of our wonderful chit-chat. Thank you, Mon. Um, any future plans that you both are up to that you'd like to share before we say a very warm, see you, Mon, later, one love, <laughs> Om Shanti. Our plans right now, really, uh, we're, we're planning a trip to Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, to four countries in Asia. We're also looking at doing a convergence in Australia in partnership with Ben Bowler and Unity Earth mm-hmm. and um, the other organizations, um, Compassionate Cities, um, URI. You know, we have a lot of things going on with the various spiritual organizations that we're planning to build on. Um, apart from that, um we're going to the UK also to do a festival in my hometown, which I'm dedicating to my mother, who's 75 this year. Wonderful. And and um, apart from that, just to continue our tour of America, you know, and to keep spreading the, the good news and um, just to increase our service opportunities, you know. Excellent, excellent. Antoinette, what about you? Oh, your new albums. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I have four <laughs> new albums that I'm working on. One is a meditation oh, wow. album. 
One mm. is just uh, to put myself out there as an artist. Mm-hmm. One is this album is going to be dedicated to the mother spirit, where I'm going to be having I'm going to be featuring vocalists from around the world, female, Fem- all female artists, um, singing in different languages, just Not different fan. stuff. And then um, and then another kind of like a dance, electronica, techno type of album as well too, and plus the reggae stuff as well. And then of that's course. I'm hoping that's going to be awesome. I'm going to send you some meditation music as well, too, for your program. Oh, lovely. Please send it by. I definitely would love to hear that. Well, look, you two are just a, a heartfelt couple, and I can only say that I continue to wish you just all the best, lots of light and, and beauty in everything that you do. And I look forward for when you come to this neck of the woods and can you leave us with a website where the, we can get more information on you and come back on air whenever you want and we can continue to talk more, okay? Sounds wonderful. So, uh, patobantan.com is our website, and then you can also find them Patobantan Facebook, Patobantan Instagram. All of our information is there. You can listen to all the music on the websites and the pages as well, too. And, oh, and, beautiful. And our favorite page is. Pato Banton Spiritual Family on Facebook. Mm. And and um, that's where a lot of people come and share their, their various truths and their journey with each other. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, look, to both of you, lots of love, and I have to end the show with your wonderful track called Powerful Love. Is that good? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. All the best, my dears. Take care. Thanks for being on air. Blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Jenna. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was the amazing Patabantan and Antoinette. I love her last name, Ruth Data. I just, it just makes me feel like it's a huge, it's huge. What a lovely couple and what deep, meaningful people. It does initiate hope for our future that there are people out there who are very much invested in bringing more light to the planet. So for more information on them, just go to their website at patobantan.com or their Facebook uh, spiritual community called uh, Patobantan Spiritual Family. Well, I'm going to end the show with with Patobantan, and uh, please enjoy it, share whatever you'd like, pass it around. But just remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And always remember, we're here to love each other the same. Take care, everyone. Along with the ambassador. Na na na. Let me not tell you, man. Na 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 na. It's all about loving us.
your blessings. Name them one, one by one. And give all the thanks and praise to Jah for all that he has done. Count your blessings. Name them two by two. Then open up your heart and let your love come true. I feel good. Yes, I'm always faithful. I got blessings in the barrel and the grateful. I feel good. And I'm always grateful. I got a roof over my head and my plate full. I feel good. No, I'm never wasteful, Lord. I can't forgive and forget. I'm never hateful. I feel good. Loving and grateful. I pray the words from my mouth are ever tasteful. I give thanks. That my works are always fruitful. And that this love in my heart and soul will keep me youthful. Cause love is powerful. And it's so wonderful. Yes, it's a blessing from above. And it's so beautiful. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.